21. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place. But the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by your parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart. And let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth, and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword, and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity, because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear, and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves 
and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. End of reading. Okay, so remember, Jesus just entered. He's been entering Jerusalem, kind of going in deeper and deeper, and uh, in some ways really examining, giving a diagnosis of the state of, of Jerusalem, the state of, of his people. And in, in the previous chapters, we saw parts of Jesus saying, you know, he's, he's riding on the donkey into Jerusalem, and it says he starts weeping when he's looking at Jerusalem. And he says things like, would that you know what, what makes for peace, and um, that they're blinded, that they, that they did not know the time of their visitation, of their Messiah coming. And he goes into the temple, which is where he is when he's saying all this stuff too, that we just read. He goes into the temple, he clears it out, and he, you know, he says, you know, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. And so he's examining Jerusalem, and, and earlier in, in the previous chapters, we also read Jesus say that this city of Jerusalem will be put under siege. There will be armies gathered around, and no one will be able to get in, no one will be able to get out. And he's talking about this destruction of Jerusalem. And I said in the previous episodes that I really do think that he's almost entirely referring to the destruction of Israel, or excuse me, of Jerusalem in 70 AD. I really think that's what he's referring to. Uh, verse 24, they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. So he's talking about Jerusalem being trampled underfoot by the Gentiles and in the case of the siege of Jerusalem in 70 AD, that was uh, by the Romans. Um, so I really think a lot of what Jesus is talking about is is historically referring to that. Um, but really the, the spiritual point here is that Jesus is coming, the son is coming to the vineyard of his father and seeing if the servants there have been doing their job, if they've been producing fruit and they haven't. And so that's really like the allegory of what Jesus is going through here. He's examining the, this city. That's supposed to be the city of God, God's capital city, Jerusalem. He's examining it, goes into the temple, and it's, it's not just disappointing. It's, it's, it's saddening. It's infuriating. And this zeal that Jesus has for the purity of his people and the purity of his, of his kingdom uh, his zeal is is on full display here, and so he's talking about this judgment that's coming for these these tenants 
who were not faithful with the vineyard that they were entrusted with. These, uh, these religious leaders who were not faithful with the religion that God entrusted them with to lead his people in. And so we have this story of this lady, uh, this poor widow, and uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, look, she gave two coins, so that's a, that's a beautiful story of a lady giving her money to, to the church or to the temple or whatever. Um, and, you know, Jesus does say, all contributed out of their abundance. She, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And that is, that is um, beautiful dedication and devotion from this widow. But uh, Jesus doesn't sound too happy about how, remember in the previous chapter, we read that the scribes, they devour widows' houses. That's the phrase Jesus uses. So he doesn't like people being taken advantage of. And I think given the destruction of this, of this Jerusalem that Jesus is talking about, and given the fact that he just drove out people from the temple saying, you've made it a den of robbers. I don't think he's too happy that this woman, out of her poverty, is putting in all she has to live on while these other people are taking advantage of her. They're not, they're not giving her a return on her investment. They're not leading her the way that she needs to. And so you see the disciples looking around the, the temple being like, wow, verse 5, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings. Wow, this temple is so majestic, so much splendor. And... Uh, Jesus is looking around and he's saying, I tell you, the day's coming where this whole thing is going to be totally, totally destroyed. There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So Jesus is not happy with the state of, of this temple, the state of his people, the spiritual condition of, of the heart of this nation that was supposed to be a light to the nations, a light to the Gentiles. But uh, instead of being a house of prayer, it's a den of robbers. And so, you know, Jesus goes through what, what must happen now that uh, Jerusalem will be, will be judged for this. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famous pestilences. There will be terrors, great signs from heaven. And look at what he says to his disciples specifically. Before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons and you'll be brought before kings and governors before my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. And if you're wondering if that really did happen, and if they really did bear witness, check out the book of Acts. That's exactly what happens here. From beginning to end, that's what's going on in the book of Acts. Uh, Jesus' apostles bearing witness, being persecuted, being chased out of, out of synagogues, being put before even Gentile governors and kings. But they, they did bear witness. And so... Jesus, but way before any of that stuff happens, he says, settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Again, exactly as it's described in the book of Acts. Check out the book of Acts. It follows that description to the T. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated for, by all for my name's sake but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. That's a really, that's a really powerful set of verses there. And uh, as Christians, of course, we didn't go through the same exact kind of persecution that these apostles did. Um, but this is 
we should identify with these verses here. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. So the one who endures to the end, the one who's faithful to the end, God will preserve. God will protect. He will not let them destroy you. You will be preserved. And yet, and notice, he says, not a hair of your head will perish, right after he said in uh, verse 16, some of you they will put to death. So how is he saying not a hair of your head will perish? Remember how it, earlier in this book Jesus said, don't fear the one who's able to kill you and then do nothing with your soul after. Well, that's why you shouldn't fear them because all they can do, I mean, they can, they can kill your body, but they can't send your soul to its final destination. Right here, that's the same thing. Some of you they will put to death, but they can't take your soul. They can't take your salvation. Not a hair of your head will perish. Not a single part of your salvation can be, can be taken away by them. Your soul is protected by God. You'll be hated by all for namesake, but you won't perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. So that's encouragement for us today. Whatever persecution we face, we will be hated by all for Jesus' namesake. But he will not let us perish. He will preserve our souls. And by, by our endurance, we will gain our lives. We will, we will pass into eternal life. And so, um, again, Jesus finishes here, verse 34, Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of life. And that day, this day of, of, uh, of judgment that was coming for Israel, or Jerusalem to be more specific, Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. So anyone that gets weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, cares of this life, like if that's what they end up doing, they're not doing what verse 19 says. Endur- by your endurance, you will gain your lives. They, uh, they gave up. They stopped enduring. They stopped persevering. Verse 36, stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Again, there's an there's a original historical audience and application of what Jesus is saying to those people, but there's common principles that we can apply to our lives as Christians too that we can identify with. And so, uh, yes, judgment is coming on, uh, on the earth. But Jesus says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, the cares of this life and that day come upon you like a trap. No, be ready. Not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. That's great encouragement for today to persevere. So grow with the growth that's from God.